1: Welcome back to the Nina Kaza show. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? It's so good to be back. It's so good. Liverpool winning 4-0. You know, just a fantastic performance. And great to see fans back at Anfield. God, that is that has definitely been a sight. And. You know, an experience that I've absolutely missed. Fun times back at Anfields, Liverpool Fall, Wolverhampton Nil. Um, This show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you can get a massive 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN. Yep, that's right. 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN liberty shields offers free vpn apps for ios android amazon fire stick mac and windows now now that i've got all that done joining me on this podcast you know exciting stuff it is a late kickoff and uh, again i'm not a superstitious person this person's pretty awesome and it is sam evans sam welcome to the show
2: Thanks for having me again, Nina. Uh, As we said before the pod there, now a little chat. I'll just touch on the fact that I'm working from home. I'm not really going out at all at the moment. So a lot of my happiness Is purely based on Liverpool stuff. So when we get a result like that today, it really does lift the spirits.
1: Absolutely. And I do remember you were on the one when we beat Leicester City and it was a brilliant performance, but obviously it was slightly, you know, tainted with the fact that, you know, Naby got injured. So this for me was just like perfect in every sense of the word. And joining Sam on this podcast, it is somebody who loves to stick in a boot into Wolverhampton. For personal reasons, no doubt. It is Harinder. Herinda, welcome to the show. Hello. Gidda, Steve. Steve. Steve, say Gidda back to him. Sam even.
2: I don't know what that is. I don't know just, what's going on. Is this, it, have I missed something?
1: No, no. Just, just say Gidda. It just means what's up in Punjabi. That's all. Honest, I'd never, never... Yeah.
2: Gidda. <laughs> okay um, uh, you know what I feel like
1: Somebody had to him, Steve. I, I, I feel like Bielsa's translator shut up I'm not doing this anymore right guys it is great to have you both back on <laughs> um guys um how are you feeling after that before we kind of line up our first caller um that I'll come to you. I know I know you're always at the stadium, you know, uh, going to Liverpool oh, Games right. is huge. So, you know, just that sight for you, how, you know, the champions getting a crowd.
0: It was great, right? You know, like, even when you never walk alone, OK, most of you never walk alone it can be emotional depending on how you're feeling. But this one just kind of like, I don't know, there's just something special about it because they're the first set of fans back since we've been crowned champions. No one's got to see our team physically as a fan like that. I'm not talking about the stewards that work around the club. I'm not talking about people who work in and out the club, or the reporters who get to go there and talk about actual fan fans playing public to go and get a general admission seat to go and see Liverpool play. And it's the first time since losing really to Atletico Madrid that we've had a crowd that can see this or can just see our players, you know, and 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 embrace them like they normally used to. That's quite powerful. And I think the manifestation of that power, you know, and that energy was seen on the pitch today. We'll go into this, obviously, as the pod goes along. And I won't get too zen about it in regards to energies and manifestations and, you know, what you think and what happens. But if ever there was a, an example of fans just supercharging the players when they needed it, it was today.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I could not agree more. This team really, this club is all about the supporters anyway. And, you know, um, I we will definitely get into that. And, you know, certainly certain players who had some good games and like their song being sung. And um, what about yourself, Steve? I mean, you know, for <laughs> me, it was, it, it was, it was a Steve. I'm really you, Steve. This is all you're doing. I was, that wasn't your was it? <laughs> it wasn't
2: that
1: was it? It wasn't.
2: Oh, my God. How are we back here again?
0: <laughs>
2: oh. Alice, <laughs> I like the name. I like the name Steve. Anyway, it's fine. Carry on. This is very seamless as as usual,
1: Nina. Uh, uh, professionals here, people. <laughs> professionals. Sam, let me start again. Sam, what about yourself? I mean, you know, I was watching that game as soon as it finished. I'm like, that was awesome. I bet, please Liverpool stay in tier two, and if not, get promoted to tier one.
2: <laughs> what mid game?
1: You know, at the end of the game, because obviously the fans. <laughs> I think it was so huge.
2: Uh, honestly, for, first of all, right, I'm going to do the rest of this pod in Welsh Just because of the little club you started at the beginning there That I didn't do know it. what was going on So I'm going to go full Welsh well, No, but um, I'll, I'll touch on what Harinda was saying there that, That's such a good point about the fact that the last time we had fans in the ground Was that Atletico game And that was a real kick in the ball of that day I thought we were brilliant that day And we were so, so unlucky to go out. It was obviously completely down to the error from Adrian that kind of cost us that day. And there would have been some fans there today that their last game in the ground would have been that Atletico game. So I'm so happy for them now that they've got to come back today and watch that performance there. You know, 4-0 win against a, a very good Wolves side, to be fair to them, even though they were missing their kind of talisman up front that was a very very tough team to play against today so you know to have fans back in the ground it was it was bloody brilliant wasn't it just hearing actual chants in the background none of this kind of artificial stuff and that you know, guy there was a clearly a guy pressing a button to for the reactions to whenever a shot was going in or sometimes they get it wrong and they do the wrong sound it was so nice just we've got fans back there now let's just pray that it's only going to get bigger. More and more fans are going to get in and we're not going to have any more setbacks.
1: Absolutely. Let's see how it can I have, a, I have an inside,
0: inside story, story on post-match Song 2. So for a while, there was a lot of hoo-ha in regards to what the hell is going on. Why are we playing Song 2? Wee-hee! Every single time a goal was scored. And people were blaming Sky... BT, all the broadcasters and all that kind of stuff were laying pressure on to the... It like was the players' the choice? It was the players' choice, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it was it? Well
3: okay.
0: It was the players. The players had apparently gone to the um, the club post the Blackburn game, which was behind closed doors, saying that it was so soulless after a goal was scored that there's no celebration around us. Can somebody put something on? And they all picked song two.
2: The, so they yeah. decided, let's have Damon Albarn shout woohoo. <laughs> Because you've yeah. got no one exactly. in the crowd to shout it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, why not? Anyway, it's
1: it's been forever now. So there was uh, your magic fun fact of the day. Fun <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? We heard a familiar voice there. And it's someone that actually lives in Wolverhampton who loves to stick it to the Wolverhampton fans. So, you know what, a Gags Tandon, it was only fitting you had to be our first caller. You know,
3: talk to us. There's nothing better than uh, beating the, the hometown. <laughs> as a red uh, they they do my fucking head in honestly they do my head in so that should keep them quiet do, for a few like months Nuno,
1: at least I've never asked you this because I really like NuNo
3: I like some players as well, but yeah. it's the fans that piss it's me the off. Fans, Actually, yeah. As a team, they're a good team. Yeah, there's a, a good lot team. of respect for the team for me. I think he's built a, a, a good team. I think they're doing a good job in terms of recruitment. We wouldn't have got Jotter if they weren't. So, as um mm-hmm. as a as a, from a from an objective standpoint, yeah, they're they're, they're a really good side. The but fans are positive, aren't they? When the fans get involved, they were fucking stupid. You know, it just, they're just so dumb and they're having a go at me now as well because I keep saying it's 4-0 in the WhatsApp group. So it's just beautiful. It wasn't a 4-0, let's be honest. It was, um, it wasn't a 4-0 win, uh, as in like, in you know, a territory and all that. If You know, 2-0, 3-0 probably was, was was about right. A win was deserved for us. Uh, but it's so nice though to win 4-0 because just gonna stuff it in their face now for a few months. Um, a few things from this game, from my point of view. Obviously, half a team still. We're out so many players. Trent was on the bench and Cater um, as well. So coming back slowly, and he didn't. He didn't play them. To be fair to him, and he stuck with the team that that beat Ajax. And uh, you know what? Again, Jurgen gets it right once again to to do that and listens to his medical team. I, I think you know really positive thoughts now going ahead for this, this December with, you know, a midweek game where maybe Trent and Kate to get some minutes just to build that that load up a little bit. And Shotter will probably play now because he didn't play too much. So it's good. We've got players that need those minutes midweek that can go and get them. And um, that's a real positive. But from this game, uh, a couple of players that stood out and have been doing a magnificent job. Robbo, for one, is just unreal this season. Um whatever we did last year to get Hendo player of the year, the same shit needs to be happening for Robbo this year, to be honest. But you know, that, that just, just so good. And then the other guy I want you to talk about is big Kevin goal, because um, if you don't know why we're calling big Kevin, you have to listen to AI pro and old school with me in there. Dave had chat because I can't say his first name, but yes, it, actually Kevin, means, big, it Kevin. means Kevin. So yeah. big Kevin goal. Yeah. Um, I haven't, actually noticed that he's in goal in terms of, I'm not worried. I don't, yes. Um, you know, it's just been so seamless. And there's no bigger compliment than that for a, for a goalkeeper. Honestly, that you don't notice him. He's done everything that you can ask. The tipping, he's he's punching when he needs to. He's catching when he needs to. His footwork is superb. Um, He didn't have that much to do in this game. But like I said, anything he did do, it didn't look like he was out of place. Two clean sheets in a row. Wow! I mean, what can you say? That's just taking a a weight off every fan's shoulders. All of us must feel so relieved that we've got someone that can come in and do that. Yes, it's a bit early. Probably needs another eight eight to ten games to judge him properly. But let's hope he's not in there for eight to ten. And Allison's back. But still, if he did get those eight to ten and he keeps doing what he's doing, we've got a number two, folks, and that's really really positive. And so yeah. My two, um, you know, things for you guys to cover is one, Robo, and um, you know, twenty-two games already this season for club and country, and then also, um, you know, whether we, you know, we can get him to be <laughs> player of the year somehow, and then also big Kevin goal, please, and uh, that's everything from me. And I'm going to head off and start the pressing because it's a fucking Sunday night game. But we beat the Wolves, and I am fucking ecstatic. So happy to watch that again.
1: It's just a shame you can't blend in with the crowd and be insufferable at the gym and at work, and you know you just gonna have to actually quit it.
3: the gym then because I got two old parents at home with me living yeah, living yeah I and, get that, and so I've had to build a gym in the garage for now, yeah, so but, I've been working out seven days in a row by the way, just as an update it's good
1: i've I've not um been going as well for you know the similar reasons, and I've got a six pack and everything. Working out from home, not really. I'm not working out at all. But I've got six-pack. You can't count
3: beer in the the, the fridge, mate. You can't count that six-pack.
1: Yes, I can. i am just glued (laughs) it to my torso.
3: Six-pack of (laughs) Erdinger.
2: No, it's Red Bull.
1: It's actually nothing. I've actually given up most processed things. Honest to God, when you see me, watch out, James Milner. I'm coming for you. Anyway. I'll watch out anyway because I have to keep my wallet in a zip pocket. This is true. Um it's the season to be generous, Herinda, so you know, hand it Thank over. You. Um Sam, I'll come to you first. Um let's talk about uh, Gag's first point. Let's talk about Robo. I mean he's he's a bit um <laughs> he had an incredible game. I think we had a little bit of a scare midweek against Ajax when you know, he kinda of pulled up and he just kinda of needed like strap it up. But um he had such a domineering performance yet again. Um He's showing so much energy, just so much creativity, defensively great again. I mean, this guy, I I have no idea what he's made out of. It's almost like, you know, the similar stuff of like Ginny Wijnaldum.
2: He's unbelievable, isn't he, Robo. Mm. Like he, he had that, was it three games in two weeks for Scotland? And in the second game... You know they did what they needed to do, and he was complaining about having a tight hamstring. And then the rumours were going around saying he's out for a few weeks and everything. Um, Not only did he come back and play the first game back for Liverpool, he actually played the next game for Scotland in between as well. And and it's been absolutely seamless. And as you said, last game he took a really heavy knock on the foot slash ankle. They strapped him up, and he just battled through in pain. He is an absolute. Warrior, And he's a prime example of the type of players that Liverpool, the the, the, the reason why Liverpool's signings have been so successful is that they've been pl- signing players who are incredibly resilient and are always, nearly always, <laughs> touch wood, available to play. And he's so bloody consistent. It's unbelievable. And the pace he's showing as well, you know, if you're playing game after game after game, there's going to have to be some fatigue in those legs. And how he keeps going up and down the pitch like he is, is just absolutely incredible. And his performance today, yet again, was so, so good. And it gives us such a great attacking outlet down that left that the opposition just doesn't know what to do with him.
1: So that iron brew and all that sugar. and um, Herinda, I'll come to you because as incredible as he's been and he's been awesome, I think we're all sat there looking at the midweek game and thinking, you better be rested for that one.
0: <laughs> Give it sneakers till the end of season. <laughs> no, I don't, don't. I'm with Gags here. Robbo is awesome, right? And Sam's already covered off so many good things about Robbo. What more can I say? The, the crying shame was his cross in the first half, and nobody met it. I'm still reading over that because the ingenuity, literally everything he put it on such a great plate for everybody, and I thought, yes, somebody's gonna meet that. Nobody went to it. Oh, what the hell? Where are you guys? And even Robbo probably thought, what the fuck's going on here? Where are you? Yeah, you know, was I just too quick of mind for everybody else? I don't know, but it's phenomenal. He's a Any man you can get clear parcel tape put on his ankle and carry on playing must be a legend. Must be. Even I'm still trying to work out how you can put clear parcel tape anywhere and carry on doing something if you're injured.
1: The once called him Braveheart, didn't he? You're the real-life Braveheart or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ages ago when he got made a captain of Scotland or something, it just made me laugh.
0: <laughs> God, I have different visions now in my head. Um, but yeah, Robbo did very, very well. But um, we should then seamlessly transition into Kevin. Now, have you ever learned how to play an instrument? Anybody? Sam? Ages Nina, ago. Ages ago? Okay. When you first learn how to play an instrument, um, you are taught certain things and, and certain ways of doing things specifically with Indian instruments you know you're taught a certain way of doing things and your teacher doesn't want you to deviate from that they want you to do it exactly as the textbook says exactly how they've taught you almost and don't veer from that path you know you do exactly the instructions you've been given the way you've been taught it do nothing else do not put your own artistic flair into it at all because you are young you are learning You must learn from teacher, do what teacher says. And that's exactly what it looks like in regards to Kevin, that John Achterberg and the goalkeeping coaching team as a whole would have said to him, in this scenario, do this, 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 and drilled it, literally drilled it into him. But this is how you play when you play in the first team. This is what you must do. And you must not deviate from this path. You must not think, don't think, you do. You see, you do. Don't think about it. Don't think you should do something else. No, you just keep on doing this, and it feels like that's exactly what he's doing. He is doing the run book for being a goalkeeper for Liverpool FC. He's literally going through the run book. He's doing exactly what, he's... and ex- as a fan, that's exactly what you want to see because it means that should Alisson not be playing, you have someone who can seamlessly slot in, know exactly what to do. And not free kind of fence out. How reassuring is that? Just when you hear it out loud, and you listen back to it, it's so reassuring to know, or have that. Sorry, I wouldn't say no because it's only been a couple of games now. Have that feeling that that's what you're getting. You're getting somebody who is just doing what they are supposed to do. No frills, yeah. No risks. No nonsense. And slotting in, and putting everybody at ease nice peaceful calm serene feeling in the back and it's highlighted by two clean sheets and some saves along the way let's not mm-hmm. give credit where credit's due Kevel, kevin has made saves and you've gone fucking awesome yes you know you need that confidence in yourself as well in regards to seeing somebody new um you know it's like somebody in unfamiliar surroundings almost you're like oh what's gonna happen here but it just puts you nicely at ease what well, better yeah. compliment can you give somebody?
2: You know what? It's it's not even just doing the basics, though. I've been very impressed because I personally was a bit worried about him coming in because I thought he was he struggled a bit for us when he played in the friendly games and things like that, and he looked like he.
1: And last you know, season as well, the Aston Villa game, yeah. balls were under him and even the Arsenal game, you know, he should have made some of those saves. Yeah. And I think the media keep highlighting the fact that he he was part of that youth team um, that lost seven something or, or five, whatever, you know, that like they keep bringing it up. And, you know, you, you look at those things and you think, ah, gosh, but then obviously you look at Adrian's form and you think, well, OK, it's better than going with a, a goalkeeper that is completely shot of any confidence. And he, yeah. you know, for somebody so young, I mean, you have to be impressed with. For me, um, I, I did incision with Themis uh, Sam, and uh, you know, one thing that really impressed us was the fact that his his maturity in dealing with those situations. You know, like it didn't phase him. He, you know, he wasn't acting like, oh, I just made that save and I'm gonna fist pump it, or you know, like, like, you know, you know, like things are gonna get to me.
2: Well. It shows he seems to have developed one hell of a lot in the last six to twelve months, Mm. you know. His, um, and and they touched on it in the commentary the fact that apparently he was a striker until he was 14, yep. Um, which I, I wasn't aware of, and that would. You should, have you, should to you should have listened to your <laughs>
1: own decision. You uh, should have listened to your
2: own decision. Oh, I've just, I've exposed myself there, haven't I? <laughs> you have? Not I'm going to be
1: back on this show, traitor. <laughs> God's sake, can yeah. we
0: not talk about, when you two are talking, can you not talk about exposing yourself? Uh, Especially I, knowing I, the history of this Ali thing. I Just know. I'm Come
2: terrified on. by what that could mean. Um, but, but, yeah, Um just for, for Kelleher, fair play to him, which I'm going to call him because, again, I, I struggle with the first name. I think it's Quivine, is it? Um, His his footwork in this day and age, it is very important. And Klopp did touch on it the other day that the reason why he didn't pick Adrian is because Kelleher is better with his feet. And that's why he's given him the chance. Obviously, is another factor is the fact that the players seem to have lost complete confidence in Adrian and he seems to throw one in every game at the moment. So, um, it's it's so great to see Kelleher, um coming in and he's really, really taken his chance. And not only has he done the basics, it, when they've been coming in with their hard crosses, he's been catching them. It hasn't been, you know, a lot of goalkeepers, when they get hit in like that, they'll knock it to the ground and then gather it. He's been catching it first time, which is exactly what Alisson does so well. And when the goalkeeper's doing something like that, it really does settle down the defence. And it means that the defence have confidence then in passing it back to him when they're under pressure. And then that can relieve the pressure. And then we can play out again and keep the pressure on the opposition instead. And that's something Keller has done so, so well. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get on to Nico Williams a little later. But, you know, a few things to say about him as well.
1: I'm sure you do, Sam. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with him and it's nice to see, you know, a goalkeeper in confidence, especially with Alison being out as well. Of course, you know, and, um, just out of curiosity, we're playing Mitchelland. What, what are you, um, cause obviously I don't know, um, uh, how long Alison's going to be out. He might be back next week. I don't know. Um, it's just touch and go at the moment. So against Mitchelland, would you, I would play Adrian because it's not a game that, is really going to affect us in any way, shape or form. What would you guys do? Would you play the the goalkeeper in form or would you just keep him safe and rested because we're going to have to heavily rely on him? I'm actually quite intrigued to see what you guys would say. Harinda. what about yourself? Um, I'd send Adrian, I'd be honest. Uh, um, you know
0: what? I don't see the harm in playing him in, in regards to Kevin. Okay. I don't. If the aspects of Alisson's injury are that you know, we're not going to see him for a while, i.e. we're not seeing him for Fulham or Tottenham, then okay, maybe cautious. But Mm. if if we're confident internally in regards to the club and its structure that Alisson will be ready for Fulham, if not Tottenham, then by all means, play Kevin. Let him keep playing. Let him have that experience. It seems a bit harsh to kind of take it away from him. I don't know, that, that's my that sentiment. Del, Del's feeling. kind of
1: agreeing with you there in the chat there, saying keep playing with him, he needs a run of games. What about yourself, Sam?
2: Yeah, I think that's hard to argue with. I think, you know, you you could argue maybe it'd be nice for Adrian to give him a game because it doesn't really matter and we've already won the group. But for me, I think it's important to give Keller as many minutes as possible at the moment to to build the relationship with uh, the team and get his confidence up you know, which seems to be incredibly high at the moment but I think there's absolutely no harm in just playing him again now and, and building his experience as much as we possibly can
1: I have trust issues with injuries, that's why I'm going with Adrian, I'm going to be honest with you Okay, so we've kind of discussed that there, let's move on to our next caller, it is Nick Turner also known as G's on Toast on the Discord app Welcome to the show Nick
4: Hi, how's it going?
1: Really, really good. How are you?
4: Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, so I um I just wanted to say, yeah, I mean, it was a brilliant game today, wasn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. Quivine was looking very solid in goal. I mean, no nerves, no worries. All worry. right,
1: you fancy cow. You got the name?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been <laughs> brushing up on that one. Uh, yeah, um, no, none of the nerves and worries that we might have had from Adrian, bless him. Um. And, and and it's great to see the fans back again. You know, hearing some of the songs from the cop, like do 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 do, Ginny, why them? Um, we really need Ginny to stay, I think. And I I know it's going to be, I know it's not looking very likely nowadays. Uh, it seems that um, it seems he might not, but he's he's so integral to how we play, and you know, he's he's always available. His fitness is is never in question. He's he's always there. Um, but, but my actual point was I wanted to talk about how how good Fabinho and Matip are. You know, like we come into the season expecting Virgil and Gomez to be our uh, our, our two centre backs, and we don't have either of them, so we have our third choice centre back and uh, a midfielder basically playing in defence, and they're just brilliant. I mean, Fabinho looks like he was made to be a you know he he's already like one of the world's best centre backs. Even though that's not his position, and Matip is is so underrated, and it's great to see him back there and doing his Matip things, you know, and like doing his funny, funny. Um, like he he should have a career in physical com- uh, comedy after after playing football because he's so funny to watch him. But those You're two, bad. those those two combined are just such a great, uh, just a great centre back pairing, and uh, yeah, we kept a clean sheet today, and it was really good.
1: Absolutely and you know what he is un- he's so unintentionally hilarious like his body language he's so gangly you know what let's talk about the centre-backs and um, actually, Hamish actually said please talk about Fabinho and how great he was tonight so we're going to kind of cover that Hamish hope you enjoy that I I'll come to you I mean Nick has absolutely hit the nail on the head you know what our defence has been hit by so many injuries so is our midfield to be fair and the Virgil van Dijk one had an absolute domino effect in terms of what's happened with the personnel. So, you know, um you look at that back three, it is, you know, like the goalkeeper, the the two centre-backs. It is literally, you know, second, third choice. It's makeshift. And they were solid. They looked like, you know, there was good communication between them. You know, you could say, you know, um Fabinho is oh, just so world-class. Yeah. That he just slots into anything and he will do a job for you.
0: There's only one way of describing And you know what? You can use this across the whole back four, actually back five, including the keeper today. Mm. At any point when Wolves attacked, did you feel nervous? No. That tension? That, oh my God, I don't have a bit of an ab exercise here? No. Not once. Can you remember something that Wolves did that made you think, oh shit, they might score from this? I can't, you know, what? apart from the one that kind of floaty dippy kind of one that went over, you know, and then um, Kevin tipped it over the bar. Can't, you know, there's nothing that makes me sit there and think. Oh, I better let, let me, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to rack my brains, even though you know I'm more concentrated on Liverpool as to what Wolverhampton presented as a threat. Mm. Yeah, we outpassed them in the first half for sure. I, you know, and um, that was the only start I remember from Amazon pro- um, showing it on screen. There, was, I think it was maybe five times as many passes as they did. But the composure at the back says it all. The fact that we don't have to mention what Fabinho did specifically because there was a threat from Wolverhampton or something that Jean Matip did specifically because there was a threat from Wolverhampton or Nico or Robo, or Trent when he came on, says it all.
3: Jean absolu- Matip had
0: it so absolutely easy. absolutely says it all.
1: He Even Flippi scored a goal 50 PS.
0: <laughs> Completely. You know what? It's like we were going backwards. So, first our striker scores, then our midfielder scores, then our defender scores, then their defender scores. Yeah, but I still think it's Manny's goal. I don't care. In yeah, i going yeah, to <laughs> <laughs> Manny, all right. That's it. Yeah, I will throw my toys out the pram on that one. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest compliment I can pay him. I didn't need to worry. <laughs> that's the best bit. Yeah, you know it's Wolverhampton. This is my in law's town. Um, sorry city because they've got a bloody cathedral so let's be honest city of Wolverhampton it is their home place my wife comes from Wolverhampton she loves Wolverhampton as a place to go to I like Wolverhampton as a place to go to the black country is brilliant it is absolutely fantastic The most hearty people you can ever meet will be from the black country they are warm they are loving they are caring they are attentive they are friendly it's amazing but when it comes to football Gags is right Wolverhampton's Wanderers football fans majority of them are complete and utter tosses. So what you're Um, saying is
1: they turn from Gizmo to Gremlins?
0: Yes, very much so. There are Wolverhampton Wanderers so-called fans who come to Liverpool matches and watch Liverpool play instead. No names mentioned but people know who he is and who he associates with and we all wonder why he does this. He can't even tell us why he does this. Even away matches, forget home And for where it's easy to get, even away matches, even Champions League final. I secretly, suspiciously believe that he only does this because he knows Wolverhampton Wanderers are never going to. So he wants to see greatness, so he comes and sees us play instead.
1: Fair yeah?
0: enough. And uh, greatness was manifested today by our performance, which was capped off by... Our defence being completely at ease. Therefore putting all the fans at ease. How amazing is that?
1: Yep, and Dell's just come in and Sam, I'll come to you. Fabinho cleared a chance from Concordia and of course we went on a counter and of course Henderson and Ginny and Ginny absolutely uh, destroys them. But that's how, you know, crucial and how, you know, impressive our defence is. And those are the kind of things that you expect from a lack of Virgil van Dijk who actually plays like a bit of a quarterback for us.
2: Oh um, well, as long as we can keep those guys fit, yeah, we'll be we'll be totally fine. And I think that's why the fact that we have already secured qualification in the Champions League is is so important for us. I really hope he just rests them both now for the next game, in midweek, and gives Matt. I think Matt definitely won't play. There's a chance he'll have to play for depending on uh, options. I think we're we're a bit. Struggling for numbers, so you might have to play Fabinho. Mm. But for me, I would wrap them both up in cotton wool. If you've got both of those at the back, it's an exceptional centre back pairing. You know, Matt Dip showed it in um, in us going on to win the Champions League. He was exceptional at the at tail end of that season, es- season especially when we went on to win it. He was brilliant. He's had some terrible injury luck in the year after that. But now he's back in. Just praying we can keep him fit and we'll be totally fine. You know, Fabinho, his anticipation is, is second to none. It's it's unbelievable. He just sniffs out the danger. The amount of times he gets a toe on the ball or tackles the player, catches them in possession is incredible. You know, the only time he got caught out today was when Traore got eight acres of space to run at him, and he, he did commit himself a bit early, and Traore got round him. But that was the only error he made all game and it's it's almost quite harsh to call it an error when Trehore is that amazing in open play and, and that hard to tackle. So um yet again him absolutely fantastic and it was such a joy to see Matt Dip score a goal at the cop end in front of the fans and just see his little face um, celebrating in front of them. And he just ran up to them, and it was just absolute glee. And as you touched on earlier, he doesn't quite know what to do with his limbs. It's like he's wearing someone else's arms or something. But ah, uh oh, he, he's such a likeable character as well. But I think he's a very, very underrated player. And Like, a lot of people seem to underestimate just how good his distribution is. You know, not just... You, you touched on there with the kind of van dyke long passes that we like to play but he fizzes the ball into the feet of the midfielders and that gives them the chance to turn and then we're on the attack same for fabinho obviously being a midfielder you know so it, it's a shame that we have to drop fabinho back to center back because we are missing something in midfield because of it but i think we've got enough numbers in midfield to be able to manage that and him stepping into defense is something that, you know, it's it's been absolutely seamless and the drop-off just hasn't been there, hasn't been noticeable whatsoever. So I've just got to applaud both of them for their performances so far.
1: Yep, Fabinho, who knew he was like, you know... Such a great centre back and he's actually a defensive midfielder. I think Dave Harrocks, uh, um, put in, um, uh, my tips at a homage to, um, uh, Rapper Benitez. I like that. I'm down with that. Sam, I'll stick with you. We kind of spoke about the entire defence. So Nico Williams, fellow Welshman, um, what are you making of him? You know, he had, um, you know, he's had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a shaky start. People are quick to kind of, you know, criticise a 19 year old and then sometimes over praise a 19 year old. He got, you know, that assist. So, um, what did you make of him today?
2: Yeah, I just think I'm I'm so, so happy for Nico because he has had a tough time of it and he's shown how kind of raw he is as a player. There's definitely a big talent there and he's been kind of thrown in when he wasn't quite ready to be the starting player. Um, You know, obviously the plan was to have Trent in. And then we can kind of drip feed Nico in, giving him 20 minutes here and there and slowly building up his confidence. Unfortunately, because of the situation, we've had Mm. to throw him in at the deep end. And inevitably, there's been a number of mistakes. And if you look back to when Trent first started, he made loads of defensive errors. You know, we could see the talent was there and you just give him time. And it's the same with Nico. He's been making a number of errors previously. And today, you know, he started off with that little mistake and gave a foul away in the first yes. two minutes at the edge of the box. And I thought, right, come on now, switch on. He was so good in the previous game um, and he had a really, really good game in the Champions League and I, against Ajax. And I was just hoping he'd, ha- he'd follow it up with another game today. That's the key, you know, not just I oh, can show it one off occasion. start to build a bit of consistency and and that's you know that's just going to build up his confidence so much more yet again you know um clock touched on it before the i game and he said, you know, obviously you have to sub him a half-time recently and that's all there is. He's not giving the ball away in silly areas like he was previously and he's just showing a bit of confidence and he's not panicking on the ball and sometimes you know he's knocking the ball past players and he is starting to show a bit of his personality. You know, it's, it's obviously mm-hmm. going to be a huge drop-off from Trent because Trent is arguably the best right-back in the world. Um So... We're comparing... It's the same with Kelleher. You know, we're dropping off from the best goalie in the world and the best right-back in the world to two raw Absolutely. young talents. And to credit to them both, they've just come, come in now with back-to-back clean sheets, back-to-back really good performances with hardly any mistakes whatsoever. And that is such... You know, it, it's credit to Klopp because he has gone into this season with, I would say... Hmm missing numbers at the back. But, you know, definitely not enough players there. But I think he he's always earmarked Fabinho as someone who could slot in for centre-back if the worst-case scenario happens, which it is. And also, he you know, he didn't get a right-back. A lot of people want us to get a right-back because we thought we don't want to be chucking in young 18-, 19-year-old Nico Williams. But Klopp resisted the urge to do that. And hopefully, you know, it signs... That maybe if we give him some time, he might be someone that can you know fulfil the role of deputy right back. Yeah,
1: it's not been ideal for the kid you know, to be thrown in. You know, like he said, I think he was meant to be drip fed, and obviously things don't work out like that, especially this kind of season that we're having. Um, Harinda, I'm going to come to you and uh, let's speak. Um, we're going to speak about some random players that I think feel that I feel need highlighting, and then we'll kind of talk about the goals. I'm going to come to you with Roberto Firmino. Yes. Um, uh, I think you know we have to talk about him because this is the second time. Again, I kind of look back to the last game, and that was I team. It's the second time in, in in as long as I can remember where he has been in the box. He's been wanting the goal. He was nutmegging players. It, he was somebody that really kind of relished the fact that the fans were back. His song was sung. You know, he is somebody that really kind of dances up to a crowd. Completely. You as, know, as
0: as this he got again, his motto as- back. Totally. As as this pod began I said we should talk about this in the pod in regards to people who have thoughts and how they powerfully manifest as an energy.
1: Mm.
0: Bobby Firmino is one who thrives on what gets manifested towards him. Mm. You can see that. You know, whenever the, his, the song is sung at Anfield, you just see Bobby's kind of gear change almost. You know, and today it was awesome. It was just awesome. He hadn't scored. Yeah, know, literally for five, ten minutes ago and all of a sudden you're like, "See, sí, senor, and you're like, yes! That sounds so loud! Yes! And you just see Bobby sauntering. You know, what? he just glided and sauntered throughout the pitch. He did all the Bobby things, he did everything he wants to do. He was and... even in the
1: box today, I was like, yeah, go yeah. on! He did,
0: as I said, Bobby did what Bobby wanted to do. You know? And in previous matches, Bobby's been doing what Bobby wants to do and it's not been kind of happening for him but today I think if Bobby wanted to score he would have got a hat trick if he wanted to that's my, I I might be over embellishing here you know it might be um, jingoistic of me so to speak in regards to like. and and i have such a loving for Bobby but I truly believe that because the kind of confidence he was playing in and and that kind of vigour and that energy, you, you love to see it, you love to love to see it and you can see that it's a swagger, but we don't really associate it with many other players. Yeah, you know, outside of Liverpool FC, this is yeah. within, plenty, outside of it. There isn't anyone else who I can think of at the top of my head who goes, yeah, that's that Bobby. There just isn't, but Bobby on song is brilliant. Yeah, I can wax lyrical all day and find yeah. different ways of saying the same thing. They won't change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my feelings because I said today today I just loved it I just loved that arrogance and that confidence in his play but um underpins him as being something fantastic so so great to see again
1: yeah and we love a happy Bobby Firmino we love an informed Bobby Firmino because I feel like this team just works so much better Sam I'm going to come to you and talk about Bobby Firmino I feel like you know Again, somebody that really does, you know, I think he really relished the fact that there was some crowd there. But I also feel as well, like from a a tactical point of view as well, I think, you know, those rests and Jota coming in has really helped him. Because you and I have spoken on pods and we've always said he looks quite fatigued and quite jaded. And I feel like, you know, those little rests have certainly helped him, maybe got some energy back in his legs. And also maybe looking at a player like Jota and it's kind of put a bit of a rocket up his backside. Helps.
2: Yeah, quite possibly. Um I was asked a similar question a few weeks back on the pod when Bobby was clearly struggling and there was a lot of pressure to drop him for um Jota. And I said at the time I would still play Firmino in in the big games. It's it's the experience he has, he he can switch it on, but I just think he's he's so pivotal to the way we play and I know he, he's not, he's not the goal scorer that you might want as a nine, but it's not about that for Bobby. You know, we've got Mane and Salah to do that business. And and Jota's looking incredible, I must say, and I'm so happy with that signing. But for me, there's a lot of life left in the old tog yet when it comes to Firmino. I think a lot of people have written him off unnecessarily. And we've seen today some of the things he can do. It's it's the link play. It's the way Liverpool play the system. It can... Quite easily go to shit if if there isn't that kind of link between the attack and the defense or the midfield. And the way Bobby drifts around the pitch, um, you know, he dr- he comes in so deep. He did it again today. You know, he's he's come in as far as the halfway line at times, and you're thinking, what the hell is he doing there? But it just means that the defense just doesn't know what to do. You know, a centre back's not going to follow him out to the halfway line, are they? So they just end up staying there. Which means that Bobby, when he ends up running forward again, ends up being completely unmarked. And if you play defeat with him, they they don't know what to do. It just keeps the opposition guessing at all times. And he is the one then that can play the clever little passes and keep you know link us up forwards then and get the front guys in. So you know for me, there's a, there's a heck of a lot of Bobby left in him, and just fingers crossed he can start checking in a few more goals as well.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and it'd be a great time to have you know him firing as well. Uh, Harinda, I'm going to come back to you, and you know what, I'm going to talk about the captain Jordan Henderson. I thought he was absolutely incredible. To think that he's just come back from an injury as well, he had a really, really good performance. Um, uh, you know, and I think what's fitting is let's kind of let's talk about the goals, and of course he kicked things off A pass to you know Moussa, Connor, Cody kind of makes a bit of a hash of it, but you know. So much credit to Mo Salah to be alert, to kind of, you know, be smart, to kind of, you know, the control of the of the ball and then just to slot it away. I mean, Jordan Henson for me was um, incredible. I thought the midfield worked really hard today. And it was the one time, you know, in a very long time where I looked at that midfield and I didn't think, oh my God, we're really missing Fabinho here. Which is a really, really nice feeling because when you think about all the injuries we've actually had in the midfield.
0: What can I say here? What I think and how I feel about this is really simple. I didn't notice him. Yeah, it might sound like a really strange thing to say. Well, how you did not notice the captain of the football club? I didn't notice him because everything was just happening naturally. And it it was just such a great thing to see where the cohesion unit the passing they'd obviously worked on something and they'd seen something in their analysis of Wolves and maybe Gags and, and Under Pressure will have a deeper analysis and appreciation of this is how they kept on trying to get between the central defenders and put the ball right between them a bit like how we used to get beat back in the day when Degsy was paired with Martin Skirtle do you remember the people put the ball over the top between them? Yeah. Yeah, nine times out of ten, they were going to mm-hmm. get a tackle and goal. And us, it was a bit more clever than that in regards to being able to encroach that middle space, put the ball somewhere there, either get it right in front of them or behind, just behind them, or rely on the fact that they are going to do something as such as what Cody, Connor Cody ended up doing. Yeah, you know, It's as if they worked on it. So everything was going that way. And there was a few pockets and a few chances where you sat there and thought, oh, hang on, this was going to happen. This oh, close," And then it did. And then it did. But that's what I mean by when I say, you know, I didn't notice him because it was just so seamless that everything was coming out of the midfield, It's flowing to the front. You know, when the candles were happening, it was just going bang, 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 bang. And they weren't breaking, these were moves that weren't just breaking down. If that makes any sense? You know, like we've we got used to playing at Anfield and it's been a fucking turd kind of half where it either looks lethargic or it's been the first five minutes, 10 minutes full of excitement, full of energy, then all of a sudden flat. Dead, loose balls. What are we doing? Oh my god, panic! at the Yeah, back I was shit. calm
1: at 1 nil. You know, I was calm at 1 nil because everything was just doing what everyone was doing, what they were saying. It watching.
0: just did, exactly this that's it. It just looked like the machine knew exactly what to do and how to do it, so it just went out and executed it. And we won 4 Romped through Wolverhampton, who are they're not a bad team, but who did you who could you point out as a threat? Badanwara Troy right now yeah, you know, he's had a lot of Aldman in his life, hence the Badam, because the size of that guy. Seriously. Um I, I don't remember. Yeah, oh shit, Adama Torah's got the ball. Oh no. None of them. Like literally nothing from Wolverhampton made me sit there and think, oh yeah oh shit. But that just goes to show the some of the parts of our team. Underlined by Jordan. And underlined again by I didn't really notice him. And that's not in a negative. That's just to say that, you know, as the machine works, you don't notice every single part of the machine. You notice the parts of the machine when it's not working correctly or you feel that there's something not quite right. Then you notice things even more. But when it's all working nice and fine, you just think, oh, it's the way it's supposed to be. It's just happening. It's all nice and fluid in front of you.
1: Your analysis there reminds me of a Paolo Maldini quote where he says, if I have to make a a tackle, I've messed up. You know, because it's all about positional awareness. That's how you kind of remind me of what you were trying to say there. Uh, Sam, I'll come to you. I mean, uh, the midfield for me worked really well today. And I'm I'm loving, you know, Curtis Jones. He's somebody that I'm quite excited about for the future. You know, let him just kind of grow naturally and let's be quite holistic about the whole situation. But for me, the captain, you know, because he had that injury, I think we were all kind of craving him back. We needed some control in that midfield. And we certainly got that control. And I believe he got two assists as well today.
2: Yeah, that's a good point about Curtis Jones, actually. We've kind of forgot. It's it's testament to the performances that he's put in that we're not really classifying him in the same bracket as Kelleher and Nico. But, you know, he, he's he's 19 himself. And he's just, he's come in and, again, come in a lot earlier, I think, than planned. I think he was planned to be dipping in and out of the team this season again, while we've got the likes of Thiago in midfield and Fabinho in midfield and Keita. And um, because of the amount of injuries, we've had to just throw him straight in. And I think they said on Amazon that it's six starts of the last eight games now for Curtis. And again today, didn't put a foot wrong. You know, he's so confident on the ball. He's strong as well. That's something about him. He's he's a big guy, he's six foot one. But he's got really good feet and he's got a great pass on him. And he he played that lovely pass out to Trent, actually, um, for for the, the own goal then, should we say, before Trent crossed it in. So, yeah, great by um, Curtis again today. I think he, he's maturing so, so well and, and ahead of his time as well. But uh, back to Henderson, I think he had a really good game today again. Um, if it's two assists, that that's fantastic. I wasn't aware of that, but um, just to show how much he was involved in the game today, you know, I thought Wijnaldum was excellent today and he played, well, he had 41 out of his 42 passes completed. Uh, Henderson actually played 89 passes, um, but 81 of them were completed. So it just goes to show the kind of role we were getting Henderson to play today, which was he tries to play that fast first-time ball forward to the attackers they usually got a high risk ball, so that that would explain why maybe he's had eight passes uh, not completed there because he's he's trying to play the killer pass to get the attackers on the move but that's something I have noticed with Henderson you know he does have the tendency sometimes to play safe, which is fine at, at on occasion mm. just to make sure we don't lose the ball but he, he is clearly making an effort to speed things up at times and when the ball is in midfield area. You see him trying to just hit this first time, bang, out to the wing, just to shift the defences back and forth a bit and get us going. So, yeah, I think it was another really good, uh, not only vocal performance from Henderson, but an all-action performance uh, that really did help us get that win.
1: Absolutely. And what did you make of Mosala's last finish?
2: Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely Fantastic! Yeah, it's it's great to see. Well, first of all, I've always liked Conor Cody, right? But I think I'm gonna have to change that today. Uh, yeah, we'll
1: but, talk about that as well <laughs> in, in a, in a but, hot minute.
2: Yeah, God, because he made that mistake for the you know for the Mo Salah chance. But bloody hell, you know, it, it was it's still a half chance at that point. He tried to kind of chest it off to Bowley, I think it was. Um just to kind of offload and Sala was switched on straight away. First touch was absolutely perfect, and then bang yeah. on his left peg into the bottom corner. Absolutely ruthless. And uh I think that's nine goals for him in the league this season so far. And we've only played eleven games. So um I think Salah losing his golden boot last season, um he's absolutely determined to get that back this season.
1: Yep. The property will be returned, fingers crossed. And, um, Harinder, I'll come to you, but let's talk about the second goal. You know, nice little counter there. Ginny aldum has got the ball. He's got options in front of him. And I thought he's going to do the Ginny and pass it. But what a shot. And, you know, for the cop to be, you know, um, you know, to be witnessing that from Ginny. It's
0: like, you know what? He led us all on. Like, yeah, yeah, go on,
1: go on, go on, go on give it.
0: Yeah. Go on, go on, go on. Oh, you're going to give it. That. Go you on, thought go he was going on. to pass yeah. it, didn't you? literally <laughs> Yeah. You know? <laughs> You, it was like that, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, um, you just lush, you just like wow. Because he had all, it was like as if he had all the time in the world. I mean, you just smacked it. He's like, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna go and level this to the top corner. Off it goes, bang. And what you do, you know, that just literally pierced wolves completely. And if they weren't stunned by that, a you know, Mattip scoring literally five, ten minutes later. And even then, it was as if Matip, they didn't see him. How do you miss him? How do you miss Joel Matip? You know, he's really tall, really gangly looking, has strange facial expressions, but you miss him coming and literally going, uh, oh, okay, you know, what? you're clearing a path for me here. Oh, thank you very much. Social distancing. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'll, I'll put the ball in the back of the net. 3 no. But coming back to Gini's goal, because I went a step ahead, I apologise. I got a bit carried away. I got excited by Joel Matic's goal. Um, It was just class, man. So much class. And the variety in the fact that we don't have to rely on just Sadio or Salah or Firmino to score the goals. And you have it goals going around the team. It's that nice feeling. You know, you know that goals can come from anywhere. It makes you feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside about the team. Because you said they think they've got the capability of doing it from anywhere or anyone, possibly. More greatness. More greatness. Up the champions.
1: Up the champions, indeed. And um, Sam, I'll come to you because I think, you know, although this was like a flawless performance, I think, you know, when you kind of go back to the Brighton game, you know, my positives were as bad as we've been. And, you know, um, in terms of, you know, there's always a moment of quality or class in, you know, some of the players. I mean, you know, uh, the goal that was ruled offside um, for Mosala, you know, there was a moment of brilliance from Bobby Firmino, you know, despite him not having the best game. You know, what I love is the fact that these players do have, like, a little something about them. And for me, that Ginny Wijnaldum goal was just, that's what we've all been kind of craving from his, um, you know, from his little international duties for Holland, you know, I always kind of joke and I say, you know, we should all wear orange shirts just so he feels at home.
2: Well, we did actually have that orange away kit, didn't we, at one point? So maybe we need to bring that back. But um, A fucking great kit, that is. Yeah.
0: That is a belter. <laughs> so I was we wearing orange good. all day today. I think it's I great.
2: Got, I quite like the Toxic Thunder yellow one as well. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we've had some good luminous kits. But um, when back to Winaldam, since that Van Dyke injury... I think Wijnaldum, quite possibly, you could argue, has been our best player. I just think he's really stepped up in a kind of captain's role, not being captain. But in the middle of the park, sometimes he's had to play. First of all, he's had to introduce Curtis Jones into the team. And he's really, really shown his ability and his worth to this team. Because I think we, we have been guilty as fans of underrating him because he does such a kind of non-flash job for the team a lot of the time and he just keeps the ball so so well he, he very rarely gives the ball away and it's such an un- underrated thing in this team that he can be pressured by three four players at times and he'll just stick his ass out push them away and he'll come away with the ball invariably and either play a nice safe pass or a nice forward pass and I think he's he's really been good and he stood out a lot for us in some of these you know, difficult games we've had recently when we have been short of players and having to play, you know, the likes of Nat Phillips or Reese Williams. You know, we've had Nico in. Um and, and we've we've looked a bit disjointed at times. And I think Wijnaldum really has stood out the mile for us and shown that he's a really good senior pro. So I think that goal today really does kind of top off a very good two months for Wijnaldum in this team. And I think it does You know, kind of reiterate the fact that it it would be very good for us to to re sign Ronaldo for next season, but I'm with you guys. I think, unfortunately, I think he's ready for a new challenge. He's already 30. I don't think we're going to pay him the big bucks. So, I I think, unfortunately, his his future is elsewhere, and you know, good on him. He's been a fantastic server to this club. So, that's all I'll say is enjoy him while we have him. I think he's going to be one of our key players again this season and just, you know, just watch him go.
1: I hope he stays. I want him to stay. I really do. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Again, one of those players that is massively underrated. Sam, I'll stick with you because uh Arinda kind of spoke about Joe Matip's goal. I mean, he's so hilarious. He scores a goal. My favourite part was Trent Alexander-Arnold just smiling when he scored that goal. Like, oh my God, he really scored it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Trent Trent was about to get subbed on, wasn't he? And he yeah. was just he was giggling to himself. And I it's probably because he, he's like Kermit the Frog, isn't he? A bit, uh Matt, the way he kinda of flails his arms around the place. <laughs> and it, it's absolutely hilarious. And he's he's such a likable bloke. And it, his his voice is totally different to what I expected as well. Um he's he's like the Terminator, but um yeah, he, he's <laughs> He's...
1: It's Kermit the Frog, and T- Terminator. Kermit, the
2: Frog. <laughs> Kermit the Terminator um, yeah he's he's such a likeable character and I just think he's such an underrated player and I think his, his legacy in this Liverpool side he, he came in as a free transfer he's been fantastic you know he he has a lot of critics because he's had a lot of injuries that's not his fault you know he he has been someone who's picked up a lot of injuries it is a shame But whenever he's been put in this team, you know you can 100% rely on him. So, there there wouldn't have been a much more popular goal scorer today than Joel Matip. And I I think Harinder was being a little bit harsh on the Wolves defence. I think that cross from Salah was unreal. And it just put it on a plate for him. It was a perfect ball in. And, you know, so many of us bloody hate short corners. You know, as soon as they play a short corner, you go, ah! throw it in the box, what are you doing? You know, and often short corners go tits up and then you've got a case then. But the amount of times we do go for a short corner and how savvy this Liverpool team is, I think it's clear to see that we are creating a better chance by changing the angle sometimes with the short corners. And when we've got people like Salah that can put a ball in like that, then, you know, we're only going to get more and more goals.
1: Can we actually talk about Salah before we move on to, you know, uh, Trent Alexandrano coming on and getting assists, assist, which was just phenomenal. And you know what you've missed when you see it. But um, uh, Salah, for me, was absolutely incredible. Um, Harinder, for me, you know, going an assist, he was an absolute nightmare for um, the Wolves' defence. He's just breaking so many, you know, um, records. And, you know, he's just holding these stats. He's just he, incredible. He even makes
0: know? Connor put the con in Connor Cody. <laughs> if you see what I did there. Um, I did. He was great, wasn't he? It was just that jinkiness. You know, like where he's in their 18-yard box, he's going to go this, he's going to do this, going to do that, and you're like, come on, come on, come on. That excitement, that buzz. You know, we've we we I, we've not seen him do this for a while. Yeah, you know, he's come close to it, he's been around, you know, getting ready to attack or, or pounce and score. And, things like, and sometimes it doesn't come off. But today it just seemed to be that he had Wolves defenders on toast. There was nothing that they could literally do. They, they were just like shitting themselves almost in respect to things. Um, a few times they'd close him out. Okay, great. Well done Wolves. Whoop-de-doo. You know, put put it on a t-shirt. Do what you need to do to, to congratulate yourselves for that. But he tormented them. Liverpool as a whole tormented them. Fuck, man. They lost 4-0. I know Gag said at the beginning it was a 2-0, 3-0 game. I don't think so. I think, you know, maybe five for us. That's where I'm at. But most side of it, man, take a bow.
1: Yeah, he's, you want him in that form, given where we are right now. Um, yeah. Sam, with where the league t- table is. And, you know, we, after Fulham, I think we've got some pretty, you know, we're going to have quite some tough games.
2: Yeah, we we've got Spurs coming up shortly, haven't we? So mm-hmm. uh that'll be interesting. So fingers crossed we might get Alison back by that point. Um but yeah, I, I, I agree with Gags in a way. I think it was you know it was a tight game and I think wolves were very compact and they didn't give us lots of chances. And I think I, I saw the XG earlier. I think our XG was something like one point four or something. Um so you know we've ended up with a four nil win with that low XG. Okay, on paper, it's not a four nil win. But I think
1: We were we were we were ruthless with our chances though, and sometimes I feel yeah. that we're guilty of being wasteful, and that's why yes,
2: I exact exactly. So what I was gonna say was I think maybe we saw the power of fans in the stadium today because We've 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 made a habit of that over the last couple of seasons. Where when we're at home, we've got some quite tight games on occasions, but we've still blown them away on the score sheet. And I just think having the fans in the ground today, it it's kind of elevated the players and it's made us attack on a different level to what we have been doing recently. And actually being that little bit more ruthless, that little bit sharper, um, and. It it's ended up with a four-nil win against a very good Wolves side. You know, obviously they were missing Jimenez today, and I think that was a big, big miss for Wolves because they for didn't sure. really, they mm. didn't really know how to attack yeah. without him there. He is the focal point of that team, and without yeah. him there, they had a lot of midfielding going on. <laughs> it was just constant midfield, and there was no actual person to put the ball in the back of the net. So um, that that did help us a lot today, I must say. And you know, they are a good outfit, and I think they will be. You know. Fighting for the top seven again this season. But um, yeah, to win 4-0 again today, I think um, in front of that crowd, it's just absolutely joyous. I'm so, so happy. Um, I didn't get to be there, obviously, being uh, just a little bit uh, out from the Liverpool postcard. But, you know, fingers crossed, in the next six months or so, I might get to go back there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Um, uh, one thing that I've, I took a lot of positives from Harinder was the fact that, you know, you look at the team and you're happy with it. You know, pretty much go with, you know, the team, you know, that you kind of expect. And um, you look at that bench and it's looking really healthy. You know, you've got the likes of Nabi Keita back. I mean, Clock alluded to it. You know, Jota's on the bench as well. So, you know, you've got some exciting, you know, attacking players. And of course, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and you know, we we kind of spoke about him giggling when uh, Matip scored, and he comes on and instantly kind of just shows his brilliance with that, you know, debatable Sadio Mane goal, but you know, just that cross. Um, he's just so incredible, and again, he's going to be so crucial. You know, we need our first teamers back. So, you know, and to see Nabiketa get everyone out and Jota as well, Um, you know, your thoughts on the subs um, uh just in general that we, we look like players are coming back. Like we've had that struggle period and now it looks like hopefully we should be starting looking healthy again. Arinda?
2: Sorry, it wouldn't let me come off mute for some reason.
1: No reason.
2: Press the mute uh, button, mate. That usually helps. I did, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it stayed. It stayed like a no smoking sun. I was like, oh come on, don't fail me now. Um, with the people returning, Kat Nina, I think we've got how many matches left in one two, three, three, four, Five or six until the end of December. Mm. Yeah, then January gets packed again because of the um, Cup, FA Cup. So mm. we may get taken out in the first round. Who knows? Hopefully not. Then we got United on my birthday-ish. By the time we get over that, we get towards the Champions League starting all over again. Like, and to be fair, you know what? The Champions League timetable is throwing me out completely. I was playing every single week instead of every other week. It's yes. completely just... T- it sent me over the edge. You know what? I don't know what's happening anymore. And so the players is- as
1: well, you know. You know that, you know, the weekend, so you out just we yeah. can... However,
0: to stay on track in regards to your question, I think... We've got this far with that many injuries and those critical injuries as well. Yes. The people must be shitting themselves. I genuinely feel this, that there is this underbelly of supporting fans from other clubs that sit there and think, shit, if they get their things together and all things being equal, it's all over again. You know, we're going to get to a point whereby we see that match and we're something like 12 points clear and going, that's it, job done. You know, or I'm going to get all excited and like Leicester away again. I could feel it in my bones that this could happen. The only thing that's stopping that, believe it or not, is that, the most luckiest team on earth when it comes to coronavirus and injuries thus far seems to be Tottenham. And it's as if, you know what, they're in this magic bubble where they don't get injuries right now and nobody seems to, in their squad, get coronavirus. So either they've done something or they've got some voodoo going on. It's like called Jose cool. in
1: Mourinho second season
0: syndrome. No, but your second season at United wasn't fabulous
1: but he still finished second and with that Um, team with that team I know I know I know know, know they were miles off from everything and didn't he win two cups I think that's pretty good going
0: I don't know you're, you're asking me I'm, to be nice. You're I'm not... me. To, yeah, I'm not. You're asking me to be nice to Maureen here. That's never going to happen. Right?
1: I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. His second season at United was nowhere near as phenomenal to say what he's done at Chelsea and other teams. Uh, and
0: and there's just said there's a piece of me, but now the same thing. You know, I'm just waiting for the Spurs wheels to fall off. That's where I'm at. You know, I, hmm. I can't hide it. It's what I feel. But I just think look, the Spurs wheels will fall off somewhere. I pray to God it's against us. I so so pray to God it's against us. Because do you remember when Spurs' wheels came fantastically off and even John Flanagan scored?
2: That was the John Flanagan born again. Aye, that's the one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. five. It was a
0: fucking great away day. You know what? As far as away days go, that was one of the top ones out there. Um, And I want that to happen all over again to them from us, just to give them a painful beating.
1: No mercy here from Harinda. Um, oh no, that, fuck
0: that! You know, I'm not, yeah. I've got no Christmas spirit when it comes to Spurs.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I can't argue with that. You know, I want us to, I want us to be in a really comfortable position. Uh, Sam, I'll come to you with the subs and the bench looking healthy again, and then we will talk about Conor Cordy.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a good point. We we've come through some horrific injuries, mm. but to see Trent and Naby. On the bench today was a massive boost. You know, we we've had bloody Kelly Clarkson's brother on the bench recently. Um, <laughs> we've, we've had. Uh, we've had. Was he know, singing so, since
0: you've been gone? <laughs> yeah, you you
2: you're singing not to Nabi. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's no nah, no disrespect. He's only a youngster, but. Um, yeah, it's so nice to have those guys back in the team. You know, and Naby was starting the show again. We've had this so many times with Naby, and then he breaks down again. Yeah, and he's got is it honestly? He needs to bin off international football. I think they've got no respect for his fitness whatsoever. They're just playing him. You know, when whenever, whenever he's just come back from an injury, straight in for Guinea, and I understand it. You know, and he lo- or clearly loves his country and everything but it's breaking his body and he keeps having to break down again he's he's not able to keep playing all those games so they need to be a bit more savvy with the way they're managing his minutes so fingers crossed that is something they're going to do from now on because there's a hell of a player in there with Naby and he he had a decent little cameo today to be honest he came on for about mm-hmm. 10 minutes and he's all action He's as gags knows he's fantastic pressing he's an excellent presser of the ball he's got quality on the ball And he can run with the ball. So if we can get him fit now, brilliant. You know, personally, I'd love to start him again, Michelin, now, next game. I think if if he's fit enough to start against them, give him a start against them and see if we can get, you know, 70 minutes under his belt. Um, But seeing Trent come on today as well was an absolutely huge boost for us um, because it has felt like we're just absolutely crippled by injury at the moment. So to get those two senior pros back is huge um, there's talk about Ox being close actually mm. as well which is um, very positive uh, a bit worried about Thiago I do cry myself to sleep every night thinking about Thiago to be honest I'm absolutely gutted by what happened with him against Everton but there's talk that you know finally he might be back within the next month maybe so if that's the case, you know, if we can hang on now and and continue to do what we're doing and stay on a par with the rest of the Premier League until January, and then we start getting players back, as Herinda said, we're going to have to be strong favourites for the league at that point.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. With Thiago, I'm just kind of taking it as though I probably won't see him until the new year. And I've made peace with that because I think before that I was constantly, how's he doing? How's he doing? How's he doing? I was a like, lot like you. So I've just now kind of told myself, okay, he's gonna be out for a while, and I should just, you know, embrace that and accept it for what it is and just deal with the players that are coming back and focus on them. Um he took a he took a nasty one against Everton, you know, let's be honest. And you know, we we wish him a full speedy recovery. Sam, I'll stick with you because. It was one nil, and you know the complexion of this game could have completely changed um, with that Connor Cordy incident in our box. I mean, when you see it in real time, it looks like you know Sadio Mane tried doing a a back kick, you know, like an an overhead kick to clear, and you know Connor Cordy goes down. And of course, this is where VAR comes good because this is where it's this is where it's meant to be used and applied. Is that a penalty? Let's look at the situation. Let's play it in slow-mo. Let's really analyse it. And there was absolutely no contact. And the player goes down. And Sadio Mani doesn't even touch him so um, yeah finally so you know Uh this is where I look at the AR and this is how it should be used because the referee was instructed to go and look at his monitor and he did the noble thing of you know what I cocked up I've looked at it and um, I'm taking back what I uh, initially kind of called
2: yeah exactly it's it's something that happens in rugby all the time. There's no kind of pride; like they don't want to admit they're wrong. They just correct their decisions all the time. There's loads of mistakes. The sport is so so quick; it's impossible to stay and and see everything in real time all the time. As you've seen it, you know I must say, on first watch, I thought it might have been a penalty as well. You know, it looked like Mane was just bicycle kicking him in, in the leg, but credit to Mane being able to actually withdraw the leg at that last second there. I don't know how the hell he managed to do that. It was incredible. And then Cody fully expected the contact and did a massive dive and has made an absolute knob of himself in front of the cop. And, you know, if he was ever hoping for a return to the club, which I don't think was ever going to be on the cards, um, I, I think he hasn't really endeared himself to the fans there because I, I imagine he might get a few booze next time because that was... An absolutely shocking dive. So, we've we've really been unlucky so far this season with some of the the refereeing calls. I'm calling it unlucky because it's that that's being kind. I think some of the terrible yeah. refereeing calls, like the Everton game. If they'd have refereed that properly, with the three points there, so we've dropped two, and the Brighton game as well. You know, so. There's four points there. We could be clear of the rest of the pack if they were refereeing these games correctly. So um, to have that decision correct, it was an easy decision to make because there was zero contact. But yeah, non- I was still <laughs> I was still on the edge of my seat waiting to see whether they'd actually make the right call because they didn't make the right call against Brighton with the penalty. You Because mm-hmm. they, they're using these slow-mos. Sometimes they can actually look different to the actual situation because they're focusing on one tiny part of the bigger picture. Like with the Welbeck one, they focused in just did there was there any contact? Yes, okay, penalty. If you zoom out, you see the contact made zero impact to the way he was walking. It just touched under his studs and he just landed on both feet, unaffected, and then went to ground. You know, it's not a penalty. So that that's something they need to work on with the VAR. Is they need to look at the full context of things rather than you know, micro analyzing small parts of it in super duper slow more and actually just refereeing it for what it is. And then they should get a lot more of the decisions correct as they did finally today.
1: Yeah, it was quite nice that I'm actually sat there thinking, what well, has been um, implemented correctly," having done because we're constantly talking about it. But for me, that one uh, in real time, it looked like it was a penalty, and I cannot blame the referee. They do have a difficult job, but you know, for it to be kind of slowed down for him to kind of see there was no contact, and you know, maybe the players should have got booked for diving. Um, but for me today, that was good, and you know, had that, you know, that could have really, like, I don't know, changed our mindset. So it was good that you know. Something I think like had it been were... given,
0: I think had it been given, there would have been full-on protests outside Stockley yeah. Park about VAR
2: investigations. I think, See, oh, yeah.
0: no, ser- serious, protests, like sit-down protests outside Stockley Park, chained against VAR headquarters or whatever you want to call it, and, and work out what the fuck is going on, because not everything needs to be super slowed down like the Pelego from Escape to Victory. Yeah, you know, with the
2: music on, nee, 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 and he's flying through the air, and he's like,
0: nee, <laughs> nee, <laughs> nee, 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 every single time. I don't think he they like, put Done... that
2: music on, mate, in Stockley Park.
0: No, you know what? They probably do. <laughs> I they don't might, know how they, they get they their might. shits and kicks. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Different bunch of people, these referees, as we've seen. So had it been given, you would have been like, why? What happened here? And the whole world would have been like, uh, this is a bit messed up, guys. Like, there's not even a connection. Last week, oh, sorry, against Brighton, at least they could claim that at least there was a touch. There was a touch. Oh, they touch. Yeah, even it was absolutely fucking bollocks. And quote unquote, I will not tell you where I heard this from. I will not tell you where I heard this from. The Brighton Wolves, the Brighton Liverpool match, everybody stopped because they all thought there was a foul or an offside, or somebody had got hurt and the referee had blown, so they could somebody could get attention. Nobody, according to my source, who's extremely good, is probably the best source for this, nobody actually thought that it was a penalty. That was the last thing on their minds from both teams. Both. Which says it all. It's as if, you know what, they have to give something. They don't. As you've seen today, for the first time in God knows how long, um, actually probably forever, forever, where a referee has gone to a screen in a Liverpool match and reversed their decision. Normally, 99.9% of the time now, he would have gone, yeah, yeah, penalty. Absolutely, not going to change my mind. Off we go. Whereas the whole world would have had the common sense to go, not in a million years, like they did last week. But this week, they didn't fuck it up. Thank fucking God for that.
2: Yeah, but Steve Steve Pease actually put in the chat something I wanted to say as well, which is, even though they finally got the decision right, they've then not done the complete decision. They've focused in on one small part of it and forgot that Cody the has just dived. He, he yeah. needs to get yellow carded. How the hell? Yes, because like, the
0: Englishman doesn't cheat.
2: It's it's like the bloody Everton it's game. It's that.
0: It's that. Look, where... come on, let's
2: just call it what it is. The Englishman nah, doesn't cheat, right? This is absolute joke, No, it's only joke, foreigners a dive. It's, it's, it's only you foreigners who dive. When Pickford two-footed Verge... They went. Ah, oh, it's offside. And then they, number and they, one. And they, yeah, England exactly. Another English player. Um, and they decided not to to look at the the next part of it. It's it's shocking incompetence, really. And I don't see how your brain can work that way when you're looking at the incident. You decide, no, he hasn't touched him. The players dived. No penalty. That is how the referee's brain hasn't then automatically gone to give say, him a no. yellow for a dive.
0: Do, do they have proper performance reviews as referees or as bar, even as VAR referees or VAR assistants, whatever you want to call them? Do they have proper performance reviews? Whereby, you know, had the number of decisions you got right versus the number of decisions you got wrong and... Um, Probably done know, by their it,
1: peers. That would not surprise me.
0: You know, you just sit there and you think, what the fuck is this? It's that, you know, a great gif by Fabio Radio going, excuse me, what is this shit? Yeah, it is that. And that's sadly what bar has become. It's become a bit of a sideshow upon itself now. Yeah, today a decision was correct Th- that so many are wrong previously, and we've talked it to death. Talked it to death. They've made a spectacle of it, and now they want to keep the spectacle because the spectacle attracts more people. Therefore, it's like the novocaine to their soul, almost. That they need this. Yeah, you know, like in the nighty professor where. Eddie Murphy goes to Eddie Murphy. You need me, Sherman. It's like as if they go, you need me, Var. You need well, me to be controversial.
2: I'm staying. You need, you need shit refereeing.
0: <laughs> ah, completely.
2: I don't think we do need it. And Well, no, we, we know we don't, but they don't. It needs it needs a lot of work, doesn't it? It's got a bit of an old boys club feel about it, the refereeing yeah. circles. And I think it's it's something they are reviewing, obviously, but it's something that does need to improve. and. It's a step in the right direction today, but they've only got half of the decision right. Unfortunately,
1: you know what? It's still it's so still it's a, a step. <laughs> it's a hop, you know. Give, give them give them three more months. We might get the full we might get the full work. They,
0: they might have yeah. put the other pot down.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely right, guys. I think we've come to the end of the pod. I think we've discussed everything. Um, who's your man of the match and why? And uh, Sam, I'll come to you first on this one. Who's your man of the match?
2: Um, there's something else that Steve P put on the chat a little bit earlier and he just mentioned that amazing control that Mane did in the box. He brought the ball down from the sky and just took a snapshot, oh. rif- rifled it, but unfortunately went straight to the goalie. You know That would have been an absolutely world-class goal. And it kind of takes me on to the fact that first half, I thought Mane was incredible. Like I just thought he was untouchable. The... The Wolves players just didn't know what the hell to do with him. There was that one run he did, I think it was in the first like minute of the game, where he just knocked it along the touchline and it basically stayed on the line and he got the cross in and it nearly got to Firmino. He, he's just yes. breathtaking at times, man I just think he, he's when he's on the ball, he, Liverpool come alive and he's such another you could argue, an underrated player, even though, you know, a lot of people do realise he's world-class. I think he's even better than that. He's so, so good. So, I, first half today, I thought he was incredible. Second half, he showed glimpses, but, um, you know, faded off a little bit. I thought Robbo was great again today. Um, you know, Wijnaldum, great today. There's a few candidates. I think, personally, I'm going to give it to Wijnaldum for my, for my decision. I think, the, the cracking goal that he scored topped off a very good display in midfield today after a run of very good performances for this team. So, I think overall, I think his, his contribution was excellent with an excellent goal. So, I'm going to go for Wijnaldum.
1: That's an excellent shout. Like, you've just hit the nail on the head. You could give it to anyone and I would not grumble. Harinda, what about you? Who impressed you today? If not all of do them. have you to, know if you had
0: to have played the full 90 minutes? Nope. Do they just need to have been on the pitch?
2: If you give it a cater for ten minutes, I'll I'll applaud you.
0: <laughs> I'm giving it to Klopp for the fist bump. Ah. That's my manga match. How long has it been? How long? You can't fist bump in an empty stadium. No. You just can't. And to see that back, and the uh, you know what, and the fact it was mimicked by the Klopp back to him. That was just everything for me today. You could have picked anybody from the team itself. They are all great today. Yeah. So, um. Everyone had standout moments. But that one just stood out as a whole.
1: Nice. I'm going to give it to Fabinho because he's not a centre-back, but he's playing centre-back and he might be the best centre-back <laughs> right now. <laughs> And I think that just speaks volumes in terms of what kind of player he is. And I think he's really settled the likes of like Matip as well to play alongside him. I think we have a really nice partnership there, you know, uh, till till things get back to normal. But like you guys have said, anyone could have been man of the match. You could have called anyone and I would have happily taken it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much for calling. Um, really, really appreciate it. A massive thank you to both Harinda and Sam. But before I let them go, let's get some plugs. Sam, I'll come to you. Where can people find you on Twitter and, you know, some of your work?
2: Nothing much to plug. If you ever want to hear from me, I'll be on, I tend to be on this show now and again. Um, And on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans, if you ever want to have a chat on there.
1: Follow him. He's awesome. Please do it. You will not be disappointed. And what about you, Harinda? I know there's a Daisy podcast which will be out um, tomorrow, I believe.
0: You've you've, you've stolen my thunder, quite literally. I
1: have not, because you can, like, go on, and I don't. So,
0: every Christmas, like the gift that keeps on giving almost, maybe not to some, um, (laughs) there is a Christmas Daisy pod. It's out tomorrow. I won't say when it was recorded, but when you listen to it, you'll realise it wasn't done just yesterday. But... It'll be fun. There's fights, drama, a bit of accusation in respect to what about tree and why, generally why, and a lot of at cam branch kind of why, what the hell. Um, but it's a chance we get to get we get to be together virtually um, instead of face to face, and it's fun. And it's light hearted, so take it as what it is. It's light hearted Christmas, and. In regards to finding me on Twitter, I am at Harinda 1977 Sometimes football, sometimes real life. You get what you get when it comes to me, folks.
1: Absolutely. Give both of these guys a follow. For my part, you know, keep it locked on AI and AI Pro. There's so much excellent content coming your way. You know, there'll be an Under Pressure. gags. kind of eluded that he's doing stats. There'll be a Raw Pod as well. There'll be a Rate Don't Hate. Um, I'll be back with my Euro incision, um, uh, talking about Liverpool Under 8s. Not really, I'll probably be watching another game, let's be honest. Um, but no, there's going to be loads of football pods and will be on the spot as well. You can bet on that one. Loads of loads of incredible content, Rival Recon as well. Lots of great content coming your way. Also, you know, it is Christmas time and Desi podcast will be on the free side. I'm sure there'll be a face-off, a Champions League pod. There's going to be a live birds, which was excellent. So do give that one a listen. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Take care. Stay safe wear a mask, and then till next time, up the reds.